everybody. Welcome to the New World Podcast. Bonus episode number 13. Um, we got a very special episode lined up for you guys today, and we're so excited for our two special guests. But first, I'm Ryan. With me, as always, is Mark. Hello there. And Erica. Hi. <laughs> Hi. And also with us, uh, we've got some special guests. One you will know from before, who's who's made an appearance on our Chud episode. Um, and one that is, is brand new to the podcast. We're very happy to have Matt Mercer and Graham Skipper on the show. Woo! Hey! Oh, boy. Hello, hello. And Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. And, of course, we are talking about a movie that you guys need to see. because. You can watch this movie right now on VOD. Watch it. You need to rent it. Uh, Of course, we're talking about Dementia Part 2. Hi, Wendell. This is Stacy and Dispatch at Handyman Incorporated. Got a job for you. The resident is named Mrs. Goldblum. I'm Wendell Miska from Handyman. Sure. You have a lovely home, by the way. Oh, thank you. I've been here so long, I don't even notice anymore. I guess we better get to work, huh? Last night, I tried to kill my wife. What did you say your name was again? What did I say my name was? Get out of my house! Miss Goldblum, it is me, Wendell. How do you know my name? Ness. Are you the owner of this house? No, that would be my mom, Suzanne. In, you can put it in your eyeballs now. <laughs> in, in fact, there's a physical release, so you can put it in lots of places. Yes. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. That's where I have my copy right now. <laughs> it, is the Blu-ray out as well at this point? Is that coming out at the, the same time? The Blu-ray comes out in uh, July, actually. A lot of the, the press blurb that kept coming out said VOD and Blu-ray June 1st, but the Blu-ray is going to be July. I don't know why they said that. (laughs) Maybe maybe it's pre-order. I guess maybe you can pre-order it uh, uh, now. So check it, check. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. I'm really in the middle. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but but I do recommend if you have a Blu-ray player and you can do that, I recommend getting the Blu-ray because we have a lot of great special features. Graham is in some of them. Uh, There's some, some... behind the scenes docs a very drunk commentary with myself and my co-director mike teston yeah uh, terrific yeah. i can't wait for that yes. that's the way you gotta bloops. do it. is there any bloops any bloops uh, erica's a big fan of bloopers so we, no there's no bloops unfortunately mm-hmm. there's some there's some little outtakey yeah. things but no uh no bloops which is stupid because there were plenty of them and we just, <laughs> we just ran out of time I, I feel like some of the bloops might have made it into the actual movie i think they did <laughs> yeah definitely that's the case yeah especially regarding uh Mike Teston, the camera bouncing when Mike was laughing. (laughs) (laughs) I have to say, too, speaking of the Blu-ray, the poster for this movie is incredible. Mm. It's so creepy and scary and just, I think, perfectly sets the tone. Like Ryan and I were talking about it. We're like, if this was, you know, back in the blockbuster days when you're like, shopping looking through the aisles trying to pick a movie just based on the the cover i would absolutely this yeah absolutely renting this yeah if you are on the fence about watching this movie you need to look at the poster and you will immediately be like nope i gotta definitely watch this right now because this is (laughs) the poster is so great yeah uh we got really lucky with that uh we had when we were going with around to festivals with the film and i can get into how all that happened later but we had a festival poster a friend of mine graham hart drew this amazing sort of tales from the crypt cover poster that was really cool but it's so specific that the uh the distributor dark star wanted to come up with something new 
And so they hired this company and it's actually the same company that did a poster for another movie I worked on bliss, which I didn't know until I looked it up, <laughs> but uh, the company's called the robot eye and they do amazing work. And uh, when they sent the sa- different uh, samples of the different artwork we could possibly use, that one popped up and it was a clear, the clear winner was the, yeah, the one you're talking about mm-hmm. that we ended up using. It's, you know, yellow and it's Suzanne Voss mm-hmm. who plays the lead. It's her like dripping visage <laughs> as she's looking yeah. into the heavens. And it's so, it's simultaneously like artful and iconographic. And I feel like it really represents the movie better than anything I could have imagined. So yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. It pops mm-hmm. out, like For you sure. said, like if it was on the, you know, on the rack at the store, I would be like, Oh, what's that? I mean, it's definitely something I'd, yeah. I'd be interested in. It, from seeing the art. Yeah. And it's like you said, I think what's great about it too, is having seen the movie, it's also very representative of the movie. So that's oh, the other good. thing about having Thank a great you. poster and go yeah. like, Oh yeah, this doesn't misrepresent the movie whatsoever. This is definitely, this is a bit of like an, <laughs> An, like an ooey gooey movie, you know, and uh, and we'll talk about Susanna in a second because her performance in it is just terrific, as well oh, as yeah. Graham's. Um, uh, I, but I mean, look, you could talk about me a little bit, but Suzanne's <laughs> really the one here. <laughs> I mean, the, she is the uh, the the hero of this filmmaking process. She's just incredible. She is great, but you know what, Graham? She's not here, so we're gonna ignore her. Okay, so that's. That's on her. Forget That's her. <laughs> this is the Graham show. <laughs> oh, shit. We've catalyzed Graham. <laughs> Graham episode. <laughs> so, like, uh, I want to talk a little bit about the the start of the movie, and I know you've you've talked about this quite a bit, but there's like a very Roger Corman esque, I think, beginning yes. of this movie, and this movie is almost like started as a dare. Uh, I feel like because you, this started when Cinepocalypse sort of asked you and Mike Teston to like come up with something yeah. to fill their schedule. And uh, I just think that's a fascinating story. And so I know you've told <laughs> this probably a thousand times, but uh, but l- tell us about how you started to make this movie. Yeah, sure. No problem. Yeah, it is very you, you said Roger Corman. It's ex- it's very much like the early an early New World movie, the way it, it was put it was put together and came together. But uh, yeah, I was at Fright Fest in uh, the UK, a, a really great film festival in London. And um, I was coming down the hallway of the cinema where it happens. And I saw a producer, a producer that Mike Teston and I have worked with a bunch in the past. J.D. Lifshitz was like running at me in the hallway. And he's a very enthusiastic guy. And he was like, Matt, Matt, I uh, I was just having a beer with this guy, Josh Goldblum. Do you want to act in a movie? And I was, it was confusing. And I said, I maybe. What are you talking about? And as it turns out, he was having a beer uh, around the corner at the Imperial Pub with this guy, Josh Goldblum, who runs uh, Cinepocalypse, uh, like you said, which is a film festival in Chicago. And basically, Josh had mm-hmm. a, a slot that he hadn't filled yet for the festival. And he and JD, JD devised this bet, basically, and said, Josh basically said, if you can make a movie... Uh, starting we'll call it the filmmaker challenge and basically the day we announce the schedule of the festival you can start working on a movie on a feature film and if you can make it in that five (laughs) weeks leading up to the festival we will screen uh we'll screen whatever you make and jd said ah this is amazing (laughs) crazy yeah yeah. it it sounds insane uh yeah and and JD, JD was like, that's a, that's a, such a great idea. Yeah. And so he, he, long story short, he came to me and Mike to make, actually make the movie and, you know, gave us a, a pittance to make it with a little bit of money. And we just called our friends and wrote it in three days. And I think shot it in a total of five days and spent the rest of the time <sighs> editing it and, and sound designing it, putting it together and then just showed what we made. And that was it. So yeah, it was like a five script to screen in five weeks. And Graham can attest to the nature of it because we finished writing it the night before we got everybody on set. I think Graham got his 14 pages of dialogue (laughs) the night before he was supposed to show up. Well, well, you had, you, you had called me and you said, Hey, um, do you want to act in a movie? And I said, what movie? And you said, oh, I'm, I'm directing this movie. And, and normally when your friends are going to be directing a movie, there's like a long process building up to that. And you know about it. You know, you've probably heard right. about it. I said, what are you talking about? 
And he said, yeah, yeah, it's this crazy thing. We got to make a movie in 30 days. And, and, uh, you know, and, and, and I, I want you to be in it, you know, would you be in it? And, and you would shoot tomorrow. And I said, Oh, okay, sh- sure. Great. Let's do it. And he, he was like 14 or 16 pages and he sent it to me and, and I, I knew I was going in the next day and, and, you know, normally on a film shoot, you know, an eight page day is like a big day, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Day. And so I was like, all right, cool. You know? guerrilla filmmaking we're doing 14 pages in a day and i said cool so so when do you want me there like six seven a.m and you and he said no 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 we're shooting all your stuff in the second half of the day (laughs) (laughs) oh (laughs) i see um so uh yeah so uh it was a uh i mean it was a challenge but it was super fun and um, I still can't believe that you even said yes to this. This is like the most insane. I can't imagine how you're still alive <laughs> after making a movie screen <laughs> in five weeks. That's insane. It I is. Did, and, and, yeah, did you ahead. like basically use like all the 24 hours in each of those days? Basically, I mean, did you sleep whatsoever? Right. Did, while you're, did you sleep five for five days? Afterwards, afterwards, I wanted to. Yeah, and the the thing that was hilarious was it coincided with. Yeah, my well, my initial instinct, like Graham said, I can't even believe he said yes to this. My initial instinct was no, I didn't want to do it. And then Mike, it was really Mike that kind of convinced me, like, this could be really fun. And it's there's no risk. Like we get this little bit of money and we just do whatever and we just show it. It'll probably just screen it's an apocalypse. And you know, it, it's a minor miracle that we had something even watchable, let alone that is now getting released and it turned out pretty well. I think uh, I don't know. That's for everyone else to decide. But yeah, I, no, uh, it it did. I, it did turn out like it's it's <laughs> like it's like the fact that you made this in five days is like holy shit. Like I, I feel like what you may you may have started is people going like, why are we giving everybody weeks to shoot a movie? Yeah, we should give people well, thirty days. Yeah, <laughs> this is see what you started, is... Matt. See what you've done. <laughs> You've changed. You've changed Hollywood. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll say. Well, let me add to that. Then I wouldn't do it again. It's, really, half of this is. I really do believe half of this is luck. Well, it's a combination of luck and hiring the right actors. I mean, if it weren't for Graham, Suzanne, and Nachara, who get how to make a movie like this very quickly and have done a lot of genre films and understand tone and comedy mm-hmm. it wouldn't work that well and then mike is very facile behind the camera he knows how to create texture with light and then to answer your question in terms of sleeping no no i did not sleep because we were mike and i were still living our lives mike was still was shooting a commercial in the middle of this i was going to festivals with a short film i'd made called feeding time so we were the whole reason we co-directed and co-wrote and co-produced and co-everything was because we had to if we didn't split the duties it, w- it just wouldn't have gotten done um, but then I think it ended up being this weird marriage of our likes and uh, tones mm-hmm. uh, as well. And our sort of the, the aesthetics that we like and the movies that we like and the influences that we like. So it all kind of kind of shook out in a weird made a weird little movie. So speaking of that, like w- at what point did you decide let's make a sequel to dementia, Mike, you know, like I mean, yeah. <laughs> when did, when did, which is like a tonally totally different film. Uh, and when, when did you decide to kind of make it a sequel to that? Yeah. So I initially, when we, when we were presented with the challenge, I, and Mike convinced me to do it. I was actually at a festival in Austin (laughs) called fantastic fest. And I was there because Graham and I were going to do the fantastic debates. We were, which is this boxing match where you debate a topic and beat Mm -hmm, the crap out mm -hmm. of each other. It's really terrifying. (laughs) (laughs) And I just remember right. And who won the debate, Matt? I don't want to talk about. I said that, we need to tell them what the topic to... was, and then we need to say who won because the topic was the Battle of the Paul Andersons. Yes, yes and, it was. And uh, of course, Matt was in favor ever. of Paul Thomas Anderson, and I was in favor of Paul W. S. Anderson. And I just wanted to say that Paul W. S. Anderson won that debate. Wow! Yes. Wow! It's, you know, just let it's the record true. show. I want to make sure that everybody <laughs> knows that and remembers that now for all time. <laughs> on the on yeah. the strength of Event Horizon alone, I'm sure it probably. <laughs> hey, Event Horizon and me wearing a Sub Zero costume, yeah, nailed. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Graham came out wearing a Sub Zero costume, and I came out wearing an oversized leisure suit uh, to 
You've got the touch, which Mark Wahlberg sings in the movie. And it, it was real goofy. Uh, and somehow that, Graham won that debate. It's amazing. And, yeah, which is embarrassing. It's But it was terrifying, Graham, to see you running at me, fist clenched, <laughs> wide eyed. Like, oh my God, my friend's going to beat the shit out of me. Anyway, anyway, it was really intense. It was really it's, intense. Uh, it's so intense. And Udo, and Udo Kier was backstage beforehand. Yeah. Udo oh my God. Hanging out. And we were like taking pictures with him. I'm like, what is going on? Yeah. Yeah. I almost threw up. Uh, <laughs> I was like, oh, I have the honor of meeting Udo Kier and also having to fight my friend. And I'm, I was so nervous. About that, and then uh, at uh, the end of the fight, I I thought I was going to throw up on stage because it's exhausting. Uh, I, I think I, I think I might have actually thrown up after that. Did you? Yeah. Oh my god. Really did. Anyway. Wow. <laughs> yeah. You're getting all the gold uh, here, folks. I, yeah, this, <laughs> let's have a two minute aside about beating up your friend. Yes. Uh, for a thousand, a thousand people. Um, but anyway, we yeah, we were I was there doing that in. Um, uh, that's when Mike could convince me to do this thing. So we were writing. Um, I started writing there and we came up with like three or four ideas. One of which was uh door to door salesman going to houses and this, he gets uh, hired or not, hired by this old woman. And that, that ended up being the direction we went in, even though it ended up being a ex con handyman, we made some changes to that idea, but we had a road trip idea and, um, like all in a car, like really contained small ideas we could get, mm-hmm. we could get done. And um, Corbin style, th- keep it all in one spot. It, that's it. Exactly. Like, no, that, and that's right. one of the first, that's exactly it. And that's one of the first things we talked about was Corman style shoot in four days, very much like yeah. little shop of horrors, shoot his yeah. version, shoot mm-hmm. in three to four days, contained location, black and white. Um, but yeah, uh, we, the mandate, the dementia part two aspect is what you asked about seventeen yeah. years ago. <laughs> uh, basically, that was that was the one thing that was the one thing that was a mandate from uh, from JD, the producer who made the bet. He was like, it, "It's got to be called Dementia Part Two. and so we had to come up with ideas that would fit that title. That was the one thing, which is also very Corman. They would come up with a title right. and a poster, right. you know, and then mm-hmm. the yeah. movie. Mm-hmm. So, Sell the rights um, overseas and go, go, go make it. Make yeah, it happen. Right, exactly. Did you know right away that that was like the kind of tone that you were going to go sort of Evil Dead 2-ish, like with off yeah. of, you know, based off the first movie? Uh, yeah, yeah. We thought it would be really funny just to juxtapose the first movie and t- do a 180 and go, because uh, if you're doing it this fast, you got to make it as fun as possible. And just really, yeah, we, we didn't want to go for super overt comedy and it was hard to again with the time we couldn't rely on extremely elaborate gags but the overall tone yeah we decided on on comedy mainly because i mean it just you know with the with these characters with uh wendell the main guy the my character being an ex-con who just cannot get a break from fate or life or anything He's sort of this like Paul Hackett from After Hours kind of character. He just keeps getting pummeled. <laughs> and then Graham's character, which Graham, <laughs> so in the brief conversation we had about the character, Graham was like, yeah, I want to be uh and Graham can elaborate on this, but he was the, this guy seems like a real slime ball, a real sleazeball, greaseball. Fuck. I'm going <laughs> to, I want to bring some uh, Dennis Franz stuff to it. And <laughs> I was like, yes, that's it. And it was like, you know, that times 10, which well, yeah, I mean, so it was that, like, it was literally like a five minute, Sorry, sorry. And I was saying, yeah, I mean, it was literally yeah. like a five minute conversation. It was like, what do you want? You yeah. know, and this is my instinct. And Matt just said, go with your instinct, you know, <laughs> do, do what you want. I trust you. And and it was clear from the script that like the tone was going to be at least one of fun. You know, I hesitate to say something like, you know, silly or even comic. You know, it's like it's right. It's a, it's a midnight movie. It's a fun midnight movie. Yeah. And like, there's, yeah. a, there, there's a uh there, there's like a subtle, a, a subtle layer to that 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 I think is is kind of difficult to to achieve sometimes. And I think Matt and Mike really nailed it, you know, in terms of in terms of tonally, where it's not crazy over the top, you know. It, well, like like you said with Evil Dead Two, it's the same thing. It's like it's mm-hmm. still scary, it's still gross, mm-hmm. yeah. it gives you those thrills, but yeah. it is fun and it knows what it is and and you can see on screen i think everybody else having fun doing it you know yeah. every every single choice that was made on that set was 
one of, all right, what's the most fun choice that we can make? And yeah, I think the title dictated the tone more than anything too. It's like, <laughs> yeah. This is the title. It's us having fun. You know, you know, your, your good friends and you having fun and these characters kind of dictated, but the, above all the title, it was like, well, if it's going to be called this. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 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 I know it's kind of movie. for me. Yeah. Yeah. For me, just starting it and going, wait a minute, poltergeist. Okay. Okay. <laughs> then evil dead. All right. Oh, Friday 13th part two. <laughs> oh, I'm in. I am in <laughs> just from the title sequence oh, alone. Yes. <laughs> I also felt like it had real creep show vibes, like uh-huh. because it was so dark, mm-hmm. darkly funny, but gruesome and gory. And I'm, I'm actually su- super surprised to hear that you guys only had about a five minute conversation with because this guy's such a dick. He's like that dick guy that, you know, from high school who everybody's just like, oh, he's a jerk. He's like the town bully. And of course, now he's a parole officer. Like, yeah. of course he is. And of course, he's like a shitty parole officer who is an asshole. Like. I, you know, so yeah, I'm like, yeah. man, the fact that all that comes through and you only had this five minute, you know, conversation <laughs> about it, I think is really cool and just like, you know, speaks to your guys's talents and you know your your. I think everybody knows a dude like that. Yeah, you know, yeah, who is, sure. yeah. despite well, their station in life, are basically walking around like, yeah, I fucking own this place. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I took it. I took it as a little bit. Like I said, Dennis Franz was definitely an influence, uh, yeah. and then and then of course Biff Tannen. You know, yes. it was all it's like this is, what, <laughs> this is what Biff would do. You yeah. know, this is and, and and just the the sheer joy in being able to to uh, just abuse Matt simply because he can. You know, like yeah. that's, <laughs> and uh, and and at the same time, uh, me Graham getting to abuse Matt simply because I can. Mm-hmm. What a gift! What a gift of an actor. You sure. Were you also bringing in Suzanne because uh, you knew her as well from Dementia Part One, or it, you had worked with her in something else too, right? Or am I? Uh, do I have that wrong? No, you're right. You're right. Uh, well, Mike knew her. Mike had cast her in a short film like oh, about ten years ago called The Salesman, which will will also be on the Blu-ray. And it has a. It's interesting because the tone of that is very is very in this arena. Um. And then I had acted with Suzanne. Suzanne played my grandmother in a movie called Contracted Phase Two. Yes, uh, yes. <laughs> my foul-mouthed grandmother who told me I was being <laughs> too much of a pussy. And uh, I was like, <laughs> well, she obviously is game for anything. You know, uh, she said all of these <laughs> wacky things and did all these wacky things and Contracted Two. If we th- whatever we throw at her, she'll probably be game for it as long as she can ground it and play a realistic side to it too. And so she jumped in and um, I mean, I sent her the script. She may have gotten it a little bit or at least a draft before Graham and Najara just to sort of peruse what we had. And she, she was into it and and jumped right in. And, you know, the other thing I'll say is the, the whole finished script was 54 pages and we had to get it to feature length or at least close to it. And so the actors, Suzanne Graham and Najara brought so much to it too. They like, really added a lot there was you know we improvised some things and they they had a lot of great ideas and helped add runtime <laughs> <laughs> yeah well you would i would expect you'd have to he graham's only in the second half of the day we really got you got to throw mm-hmm. everything at it <laughs> yeah yeah and then you would go back you did four days of basically principal photography and then the fifth day you did pickups is that right yeah yeah that's right uh we had uh four days of principal photography with Graham Najara and Suzanne, all the actors. And we then we sort of took a quick breather, kind of cut together a quick assembly of what we had. And we knew there were things like on my side of the coverage, as well as inserts and some practical effects stuff that I was going to try to devise we hadn't shot yet. So we had to get some of that on a fifth day. But we also did sort of an assembly after the first four days to see what we had and what we needed to fill in, like gaps Mm -hmm. we needed to fill in. So I think um, we'd edited for a week or two, and then we had this quick fifth day where we shot more stuff. Um, and you know that version. I guess the one thing is that that or the biggest thing that version didn't have that we added after that this five week rush was an actual score because there was no way to do that in that five week period. But uh, the composer David Labovich did a really good 
an amazing job and still had to do it quickly because we were showing mm-hmm. it at another festival not long after. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chattanooga. Yeah. Well, what was the song that you used for that uh, montage scene? Because I've th- that you you would have used before, like before you got the original song from your composer. Yeah, we attempted that with uh, "Coconut" by Harry Nilsson because <laughs> that just seemed to to fit that montage where Suzanne is feeding me hundred dollar bills while I'm doing all of these <laughs> random things. Um, uh, yeah, that was Coconut, and then uh, the song that replaced it was uh, uh, the, I can't remember what David titled it, but it's basically a song about a guy who's losing his fingers to a mob boss because he hasn't paid his, <laughs> hasn't done his job right or paid his bills or whatever. So yeah, that, that we tempt, I mean, the temp score, uh, you had picked up on Friday the 13th Part 2, I had tempt the score with mm-hmm. a lot of Manfredini. Mm-hmm. Um also, in terms of those influences, I mean, this thing was written so fast. Mike and I were just, it was like whatever would pop in our head. We were like, yeah, that's it. Well, uh, Poltergeist credit, because the opening shot is a TV snow. So Poltergeist credits before it. Why not? And uh, Friday the 13th Part 2 credit. We actually had borrowed so many beats from Friday the 13th Part 2, including basically kind of the ending of the movie. It's, it's sort of an homage or a ripoff of that. So it was just like, you know, it was whatever was popping in our head <clears throat> that we also thought was funny. Did you already have the like the house in mind, or how did you find that house? Because it's a really, it really is like a a, a great set piece and it's kind of almost a character in itself because it's you know it's an older house and it really plays like so well yeah. with everything that's going on in the movie. Yeah, that we wanted a big house and we wanted something uh, that had character to into un, un into itself. So I had started uh, because of, again, the compressed timeline, I started reaching out to Airbnbs in the city. And that's really difficult because every uh, property rental property owner in LA is wise to filmmakers trying to shoot something, even though they've rented the property as a vacation property. So I, but I, so I was up front with the owners of these Zerbos and Airbnbs and all these places I was reaching out to. And I said, I we're, we're shooting a, I probably said student film or a short film. <clears throat> and I said, we're shooting a, a quick film and can I use your property film? And most of them said no. But then I found this one guy who said yes. And he was really nice. And I, it was like he hadn't, hadn't rented his property out very long. <laughs> he didn't mind that people were going to shoot there, which is amazing. <clears throat> and he said, yeah, that's cool. You can shoot here. Um, and it was a big house. It wasn't exactly a craftsman house like the one in the movie. But it was, you know, like a Spanish mission style. It was really big and cool and had great interiors. And then the day before we started shooting, the guy said, I got a call from the, the guy who owned the house. And he said, hey, uh, still cool if you shoot here. It's all good. Uh, one thing, we're going to be jackhammering the sidewalk on Tuesday and replacing the sidewalk. Is that cool? <laughs> and I was like, oh, no, no, I, I'm sorry. That is not that is not cool. It's not going to work. <laughs> It's going to really fuck up our audio. Uh, so I had to hold for jackhammer guys. Hold for jackhammer. Okay. <laughs> yeah. We're going to have to loop the whole audio. Day, are we picking up the jackhammer? Are we picking up the jackhammer audio? Are we, is that meanwhile, the sound, meanwhile, the sound guy has hung himself. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. That's our third sound guy. Yeah. You could have done an Italian style and just done the entire, just dubbed everybody later and just, yeah. there you go. Well, I, that was a possibility. It was going Italian style because I was like, I can't, we can't shoot with a jackhammer. And I even said to Mike, well, Mike, Mike was out of town at that moment. I said, I, I think we're going to have to loop this whole movie if we go with this property. Cause I don't know what we're going to find a day before. And so I, and, and that was oh, my wow. biggest hurt to, you know, it was the day before we started shooting. And so oh, I, it wow. was, that was a huge heart attack. Uh, so I was like, yeah. it's either we're going to be shooting in our fucking apartments or I have to find another house. And then it dawned on me, a really good friend of mine who I hadn't talked to in ages. My buddy Rob had several months prior bought a fixer upper, like a big craftsman house, a fixer upper in mid city kind of right on the border of Mid-City and, and K-Town here in L.A. And I, I, I was like, oh, my God. And one of the things I remember him telling me was, now that I have a new place, 
I am never going to shoot in this place. Ah, never shoot in a movie here. Because he also works in production. And he was like, I'm never going to mess this place up. So I called Famous him. Famous last words. <laughs> yeah. I called him and I said, uh, Rob, I'm, I'm in a bind. I really need, I really need a, a place to shoot this movie. And it's re- you know extremely small crew, very low key, just four days. And he was like, okay. Yeah. All right. But yeah. All right. Uh, when do you start though? <laughs> and I went, uh, 8am tomorrow morning. And he's like, what? <laughs> and I, you know, we had a little bit of money. <laughs> we had a little bit of money for a location fee. And so I just, I just gave that, uh, I gave that to him and, and he let us shoot there. And of course we come in the next day after I said, low impact very few people would come in the next day with tons of gore items and intestines and blood and it's like oh god <laughs> but we managed to keep it you know uh, we didn't damage too much for a lot for a lot of reasons it's a kind of a kismet moment because it's also the craftsman is used in the in dement in the first dementia as well right so it's sort of like interesting that they had both those style of homes in, in both the movies just yeah, a little yeah, something, that's a, just a little something I picked up. I don't know. Just, <laughs> just totally, it is weird. totally intentional. That is the thread between the two films. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Besides, also you, Graham and Suzanne. Yes. Also, yes. the the yes. ties. Yes. I I told, I told somebody that asked me, "Oh, I see that you're in both of the dementias. You know, are you know how does your character like grow and i said well my character undergoes a really big transformation (laughs) and you know i think that you'll really tell in the subtext of of my performance in part two how i got there um um, a little bit of time travel a little bit of (laughs) i I like to i like to think that that person just really like watched both movies like three times and been like i don't Wow, there's something going on here. <laughs> so, part three, obviously, Graham, you're going to finally take focus, right? Like, you're going to yes, yeah. And part three, it's going to be all the Graham show. Well, part part three will be in in thirty years when when I'm an old man <laughs> and and I'm the one with the Oh my like god! The idea and the it. script is ready. It's just we have to wait for you to physically age to thirty years. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you for realism, you know. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. If there's anything that the Dementia series stands for, it's cinema verite, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Truthful realism. Uh, That and, you know, Craftsman Homes, you know, like really, you know, find another fine Craftsman home for old Graham to live in. (laughs) (laughs) And he's still, still, still walking around with his intestines hanging out. Spoiler alert. (laughs) His insides get a little think, loose. <laughs> you th- in the third one, does someone get to use that elliptical that's in the background? <laughs> <laughs> no one ever uses an elliptical in a living room. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I like that your buddy had moved in just a little. Yeah. <laughs> just a touch. Yeah. He got in, at least got his home gym started. That's yeah. when he got yeah. the call. He's on the elliptical. He's like, God damn it, I'm finally using this motherfucker. And he, yeah. <laughs> yeah. now I gotta be out of the house in like, you know, four days. Yeah, when Mike and I were hastily recording a com- uh, director's commentary the other day, uh, getting, trying to get that done before these Blu rays get authored, uh, we commented on that. I was like, oh, there's an elliptical over there. There's a exercise bike over there there's this is weird menagerie of gym equipment and moving boxes <laughs> all over the place it's just it's like oh, i guess suzanne uh, just moved into this place and yet has lived there for years very strange i like that you also had to hastily put together a director's commentary as well it seems yeah. very fitting <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> let's not give yeah. you guys some time for yeah. a director's commentary it's like no we gotta we gotta hurry guys we gotta hurry up yeah yeah, it was pretty weird. The only thing I think I optimistically, we had optim- very optimistically uh, done early on was we shot the behind the scenes interviews. What was that, Graham, like two years ago? I mean, I don't, yeah, it was like we, I, I remember we came over to your place and yeah, did interviews for this. And it was so, it was so weird too, because again, there was no like release plan. No. It was just, let's talk no, about we, this movie. And I'm like, I don't, God, that was a day. That was wild. Yeah, I know, I know. I was like, we should, we should have some behind the scenes interviews, and everyone's like, what? And we, and I, but we'd we'd started to really get the festival ball rolling, and I started to feel optimistic about maybe getting some kind of even small release. 
and then it didn't happen for ages. Like we, nothing happened for a while. You know, we, the movie sat there for a while. Cause I think a lot of the distributors we went to didn't know what to make of it because it's black and white and it's a horror comedy and its roots were very strange, but I, I was like, we should just record some interviews. And part of the reason I wanted to do it. So haste that I guess we did do it hastily, but two years ago. So it was sort of planned, but part of the reason I wanted to do is because Najara lives in the UK now and she was here for like, a day or two. So I like wrangled everybody or she was here for a week or two. I meant, so I wrangled everybody up and we just got a bunch of beer and <laughs> man, editing those behind the scenes things together uh, recently was fun. Cause everybody was pretty wasted during, that, <laughs> during those interviews. <laughs> it was really fun to look back on that. Um, so how does the ride, how does the ride go for the movie? Like you guys, obviously you screened it in 2018. And like you said, a lot of distributors didn't know what to do with that. How does it end up going where it's now, you know, going to be released and everything? Obviously, it took many years, but how how did that how did that journey go? I think it just had to find the right Dark Star Pictures, the company that ended up picking it up is I've sort of been following them and they've they've been around for a couple of years now and they're they're really picking up steam and trying to to make a name for themselves. And they they their slate, uh, they, they really they're picking up a lot of festival titles domestic and international, but I think they, it's a really diverse and I don't know what the word is. I don't want to say like quirky, but they're very like um, left of center titles. And some of them are very uh, like one of them is a film called jumbo. It's about a woman who falls in love with a carnival attraction, like a literal machine. (laughs) And they're, they're really interesting movies that explore crazy ideas. And I think, I guess they saw that we had played really, you know, it was great genre festivals internationally, but no one had picked it up. And then also Josh Goldblum, who made the bet originally uh, with JD, uh, ended up becoming a creative director over there. So he was able to push it. Uh, he's a, the creative director mm. of Dark Star. So I think that helped, wow. <laughs> certainly. And he said, you know, <laughs> I, I was involved in this, uh, getting this movie made a couple of years ago, and he probably... Uh, pushed it on Mike Repsch, the guy who runs Dark Star, and said, you know, take a look at this again and uh, consider this. So I think it was probably those things that, you know, um, helped quite a bit. And Graham Skipper. Yeah. And- being a sleazeball. Helps <laughs> and- a lot. <laughs> and me. It really that's, all it. that sold it. That's what really yeah. sold it. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of like those effects, though, like how how did you guys do that? Like how did you guys – I thought the, the effects, which are um, – uh, a barely CG, a couple CGI effects. Uh, I'm just kidding. Um, we're all practical. <laughs> and uh, I was like, but with that sort of compressed schedule, like some of the effects are so great and, mm-hmm. and, and come off so well. Uh, I don't want to spoil some of them, but there's some very icky moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was like, how did earth did they do that? And particularly understanding your schedule. Like how, how, how did you guys work on some of those effects? I think when we wrote it, like I said, we wrote it in between three and five days ish. And then overlapping with that was a week of prep. But while we were writing, Tessa and I came up with gags that we both liked and that we thought were doable. I would tend to overwrite the gags and make them a little bit too elaborate. And Tessa would be like, let's tone that down a little. Things that happened to Graham in the movie was one that I stuck to. I was like, hey, we have to do that. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm trying to avoid spoilers but, that's your that's uh, your revenge that was your revenge for uh-huh. yeah, that's right <laughs> for the boxing ring so Graham, this is where you take off your shirt and <laughs> let us pour this bucket of blood on you yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. among other things yeah. Bye, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> very so, cool um, glad i said yes but, <laughs> <laughs> right thanks friend so by the, um, way, by the way is there a shower here Mm, we'd rather you not use the shower in this house. (laughs) (laughs) The owner requested we not use any bathrooms, so you cannot use the shower or any toilets. Good luck. Um, We do have some lovely jars in case you need to go to the restroom. (laughs) I'm some weird Howard Hughes person now, and I'd save everyone's urine in the corner. (laughs) Those are my keepsakes. That's my keepsakes after the movie. That's its own bonus content on the Blu ray. Everybody's urine jars. Picking up the jars. This is Graham's. This is Suzanne's. A lovely shade of marigold. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, um, so, <laughs> to, to get the effects uh, 
to get back to the effects. Get the effects done. Jesus, we're sick people. No, let's talk um, about P for a little yeah. longer. Come on, Matt. Don't try to dodge. You invited me to this podcast. I'm really adding a lot. Making, making us talk about Paul W.S. Anderson and piss jars. Yeah. That's what that's we, we wanted. It's taken yeah. a lot of my questions away from me. So yeah. that's the only thing. It's <laughs> Those were my obvious questions. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, even specifically the effect of like, yes, I, I won't spoil it. Uh, it. This doesn't spoil anything, but there's a moment where you're where you wake up, Matt, and you uh-huh. drool a little bit in your sleep. And yes. like that kind of like, how does that how did you do that? Like, I, to me, that seems like a tricky effect to even pull off in a short period of time. Well, so like I said, we we wrote gags that we felt were feasible with the exception of a couple. And then I uh, had a week of running around doing prep. And one of the things was buying all these things for the gags. And I went to um, I went to a makeup store. Uh, that gag, for example, I went to a makeup store just to pick up things that I thought we needed, like um, prosthetics for Old Harold and just random stuff that I thought we needed, as well as uh, Graham and I both in films we've made use the same uh, effects team a lot. Uh, Josh and Sierra Russell, Russell Effects. They have a shop in Burbank, so I called them and said, "I'm making this movie." really, really fast. And I need to, I need some, here are the things I need. And I gave him a list of like <laughs> different body parts and organs and things. I random things. And they said, yeah, just come on by. Uh, at, at first I had asked them if they could really quickly do some of the effects and they were busy on something. And obviously we had almost no money. So they were like, but you're welcome to essentially raid our shop. So I went by their place and I said, here's what I need. And they let me just pull things off of their, uh, off their shelves. So the effects were a combination of borrowing things from them. And then just from working on so many, uh, horror movies and things, just remembering gags, cheap gags that I remembered had worked. Now you had brought up the waking up thing. We bought, I I went to this makeup store and bought this stuff called ultra slime, very, a $5, really small container of it goes a long way. And it's this stuff that's so viscous that when you put it on things, it just, string multiple strings of slimy goo that you cannot get it off of you so <laughs> it, it works really well for drool yeah, yeah it's disgusting isn't it isn't it, the, isn't it the same stuff that they used uh in alien like what they sort of slather the xenomorph in i think it's that it same had stuff. to be it had to be yeah wow. it, to give I don't, context of what this stuff is like it's yeah i think a xenomorph it's mm-hmm. that sort of thing mm-hmm. yeah it's like the stuff yeah funny enough you also there was no bathrooms on alien as well there was. I'm sorry. There's no access to bathrooms. I'm, I apologize. In space, no one can hear you poop. But isn't that? <laughs> so is that the same? That's the yeah. slime that was. That's the slime that was missing from Chud, right? That they couldn't get for Chud. Yes, that's so that's right. why. Yeah, Chud. Chud bought all the KY in town, but uh, yeah. they, they they were lacking the ultra slime. <laughs> they were uh, they, they were all they were slime. lacking in that for sure. Yeah, but you add ultra slime to anything, like you said, it looks uh, like it could be compl- a complex concoction or something. It's not. You just it's just really cheap, and you add it to anything, whether it's that scene where I'm waking up and it's my drool, or, or any effect where someone's getting torn apart. If you if you even put it in blood, the blood gets everything gets gooey and one of our aims was to be very gooey with this movie so that's why we bought yes mission accomplished (laughs) it's super gooey thank you it's super gooey um that is leads me um no awkwardness in this segue at all if you listen listeners will know that i always offer a pretty seamless transition she's the queen of transitions yes yeah. Um, but I feel like it's a great time to shoehorn a new a new segment mm-hmm. since it is this a bonus is episode this and we go time. off the rails. Mm-hmm. We're allowed to go off the rails on this one. Test market. It's a test market. It's going off the rails, but it's going to stick because it's mine. So <laughs> this is going to be a little segment called Erica's Dumb Questions. <laughs> and I'm so pleased that the two of you are here for me to ask these dumb questions. So... What made what what prompted it also was hearing you talk about this ultra slime and all the goo and everything. So I want to know from the two of you now, because you've done these horror movies, you've worked with fake blood so much. Do you have a taste for it? Can't get enough. What are your thoughts? Um, One to ten. How much do you now enjoy the taste of fake blood? Um, you know, I, I will be a hundred percent honest with you. 
it it kind of has a nostalgic feeling for me now. Yes. There's a there's a there's a, a pepperminty taste to most mouth blood, you know, and mm-hmm. and and the, then there's also a very specific texture to what I call beard blood. I don't know what the name of it is, but it's this like jam consistency stuff that kind of goes around the mouth that's not in your mouth but like around it and and gets stuck in your beard. And there's like it's like that texture plus the pepperminty blood. I go, "Oh, I'm in my happy place now. So yeah, sure, I have a taste for it. Yes. Yeah, I do too. I love it. I love the pepperminty mouth blood. Um, it sucks when you mix up the bloods and you accidentally use the the regular blood, uh, the regular fake blood, because it's got soap in it so that it washes out of things. And when you put that in your mouth, Ooh. it's not pleasant. Um, but yeah, I like that. And also getting back to Josh and Sierra, who let me borrow stuff for this movie. They also gave me uh, a, a variation on their blood recipe. I mean, for this movie, it was black and white. So we used uh, chocolate syrup for a lot of the blood. That's mm, always pleasant ooh, to put in your mouth, you know? <laughs> um, always pleasant. That's a little Very Hitchcock yummy. trick, right? It's what? Well, that's cool because it did have such a dark, dark texture, like a spoon. Well, I, yeah. Again. Don't want to I was spoil gonna anything, say, but when it, a certain it, main character has it oozing out of their mouth. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, isn't, it, isn't that an old, an old Hitchcock trick? The chocolate for blood? Yeah, that's what they used on, on Psycho because of the consistency ah. and color of it. You're right. In the shower scene, when you watch, when, when it's going down the drain, it almost has that, I don't know what to call it, like granular kind of look to it as it goes down the mm-hmm. drain because it's the, the Hershey's. chocolate. And uh, there, yeah. yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah. It's the Hershey's. You didn't have any chocolate chocolate syrup though when Graham was on set. Was that just kind of like a little f you? You were just like, mm, <laughs> I'm gonna give you the real stuff here today, Graham. Sorry. You know what is weird is I do recall. I mean, it's, sometimes it's hard to remember everything on Dementia Two because it was so fast. But I do recall using some red and some chocolate syrup. I think when we when it came to, uh, like you were saying, the blood coming out of the mouth. It was it was. Uh, we used, we wanted it to look darker. So we used the chocolate syrup, but I do recall using some red stuff too. And that, that also has an, like Graham was saying, a nostalgic feeling for me because the, the recipe that Josh and Sierra gave us involves, their recipe involves pancake syrup. They make it with pancake syrup because of the base color of pancake syrup has a brownish hue. So it automatically adds some, some darkness to it. Mm. It smells so, it just smells like, breakfast, breakfast. Like a <laughs> yummy breakfast all day on set yeah. <laughs> that's, that's hilarious um my second question sorry goes to to matt only so you're matt mercer but i know there's a matthew mercer are you guys enemies <laughs> no he's well no <laughs> I don't know why I just said it like that. No, we're not. Oh, uh, all right. he, uh, Question number three. I, I, was hoping, <laughs> I was hoping that you were. Uh, anyway. But there's also the, there's He's also, a super nice guy. There's also a Bram Spipper. So I mean, are you upset at that guy, Graham? Or oh, you haven't heard? I I murdered him three months oh, ago. Oh my god! Hey, wow! Wow! This is an exclusive. Yikes. This is an exclusive yeah. to the pod. Exclusive. Thank you. It was, on, it was on the top of a mountain. <laughs> With a murder interview, I beheaded him, and I said there can be only one. Wow! And, wow! You know, that's how. God, works. they should do that in a movie. They should do that. Yeah. <laughs> that would Let's be great idea. in a movie. That'd, yeah, be, yeah. that'd be a solid. Yeah, that'd be a solid addition to a movie, yeah. to a franchise, even I would say. But that's just me spitballing <laughs> Hollywood it'll, ideas. It'll never, it'll never work. It'll never work. It's true. It's true. It's true. <laughs> I would say I could make it in three days. Is that how we're going to start making movies now? I can make that movie in three days. Yeah, yeah. Gotta up the ante. <laughs> my next question feeds my next next question. So, guys, how much of your own personal nudity had to be edited out of Dementia Part Two? I'm just guessing there was probably loads of personal nudity, and then to make a certain rating, had to cut a bunch of it out. Am, am I correct about that? Or I mean, look, all all I'll say is that the movie runs at what like 64 minutes now, something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it was originally two hours and 14 minutes long. Oh wow! Um, mm-hmm. And uh, and let's just say that all of it was me and Matt. Wow, mm-hmm. that's wow. correct. Wow, wow, you know, wow. On, wow. On some movies, to uh, to save time on on other angles, you have a, a B camera, you have A camera, B camera, and uh, on this movie, let's just say Graham and I had a D camera. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> wow. <laughs> Some, I can't wait we'll, to see that D camera we'll, footage personally. <laughs> the, the, the special features on this Blu-ray are going to be special indeed. They're really <laughs> gonna, they're going to be a delight. So that I'll leads me to my lore. to my final dumb question. Um, I don't know if you heard, but I'm going to be uh, eventually when I get you know a lot of uh, benefactors, or benefactors yep. to help. Yeah, me we're out lining with this. up some benefactors. Yeah. Once I get yeah. my benefactors in line, um, I'm going to be remaking New World's Steaming, starring an all male cast, and it's going to be called Steaming. Can I go ahead and lock you? Can I go ahead and lock you two in? absolutely yes yes i will be upset if we are not in there yes it's cool this dude hanging out in steam rooms talking about dude stuff yeah (laughs) yeah that's right yeah yeah i like how that that keeps coming up on many episodes i've been listening to the show and that steaming keeps coming up uh repeatedly because it clearly made an impact and i think uh i think this is a worthy yeah. sequel idea we sure. you have to talk some things yeah. into reality yeah as you guys know <laughs> well no especially in this business you that's just right. got to speak it and it will it will happen i gotta put you it know? out there exactly yeah, you gotta manifest it manifest that's the scene right. Um, You know, you guys are welcome to submit some scenes like we've made this a very open sourced movie where guys can write some (laughs) anyone can write scenes for steaming and just submit them and we'll 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 make it happen. Well, Matt, Matt, just send in the footage of the two of us in the shower that one time. (laughs) Okay, you have that. Right. I still have that. Yeah, it's the shower footage from after the fantastic debates. Yeah, yeah, that's where we were throwing up on each other. Yeah, yeah. perfect. Lathering our bodies with it. Yeah, just send send that in. That's a great audition tape. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. That's a big part of. uh, That's a big part of steaming is that everybody has a stomach bug that they can't quite figure out what's happening. So everyone's throwing up on everyone. So that would work out perfect. It's kismet. Yeah. It writes itself. Who got food? Who got us food poisoned? I don't know. It's like a big mystery. <laughs> um well thank you guys so much on that wonderful on note. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you guys oh so God. much for coming on the podcast and talking about Dementia Part 2. It's such a blast. It's such a fun movie. It is. Congratulations you. to you guys, particularly to Graham. Congratulations. And <laughs> <laughs> thank you. It's well deserved. <laughs> Um, and you should definitely watch this, watch it on VOD, buy the Blu-ray. I will definitely be getting that Blu-ray. It's a great film and it's a great time. Thank you guys so much for coming on the show. And we will see you next time on the New World Podcast. Bye, everybody.